heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. We are still a country in search of the truth, uh, for sure, on the January 6th business, the Capitol. And they, and I always put this in quotes, riots, when they say the riots. You know, I put my hands up. You can see me doing that with the quotes, you know. Uh, we, are, we are a country in need of answers in many, many of these scenarios and stories. But surely that one uh, on January 6th, because uh, they have painted a picture. Uh, the, the media folks and the oligarchs and the uh, political uh, operatives have painted a picture. And the picture is that patriots, that uh, people who believe in this country, who passionately love this country, who have fought and died for this country, and that uh, they are somehow the criminals. And this really should piss off every American, quite frankly. Yeah? But that's the narrative that's been out there. Now, I've had a, I've had a good sense of this thing as it happened and as it came down. And as you watched a lot of the pieces, uh, slowly but surely the information come out. You remember that day on the 6th. It's one of those days you sort of remember because it's like the 9-11 day. You know, well, yeah, I know where I was. I know when that happened. And, and the 6th, it kind of was the same thing. It's like, wow, this is kind of new. We haven't seen this before, you know, with the, with the scenes on the wall and the pictures and the imagery. But the first thing that came to my mind is, now, you can't get near that capital. First of all, it's not an easy picking, people. It's not, I mean, everybody would have to stand down. I mean, think, think about this, please. Everybody would have to stand down in order for, for, for anybody to get that close to the capital. You wouldn't be able to do it. This place is locked tight. It's as, it's as tight as a drum. If it was that easy to write and ransack the Capitol, it would have been done far before now. And don't think for a moment our adversaries and enemies haven't been taking notes on all of this stuff. They surely have. In fact, I can guarantee you they have all that video footage and have been watching it in slow motion many times over. When you see a lot of the video pieces come out and you see the Capitol Police, the stand down orders from Pelosi and company, and you see them in other cases waving people in. It just, you know, immediately this thing didn't make any sense at all. And the fact that it all happened and they got that close to it just. It, and so put that all aside a moment if you can. OK, but you, you have an image now of what this is. And then let's come back to really what's taken place over the last five years now. You know, perhaps people had the. Department of Justice, our illustrious, infamous Department of Justice, as glory as they be, with all the tentacles that they have in our lives. If they had done a swell job, and if everybody had comfortable, had good feelings about the FBI and the CIA and the DOJ and the NSA and all of this, these government apparatus, if we felt that they were, we know how corrupt they are, people. Everybody knows. There's not a soul in this country it doesn't matter their political stripe, but they all know these are these are the most corrupted bastards on the planet. 
they have been absolutely politicized, polarized, and bliterized. I mean, they've have, uh, it's, of course, that's probably not a word, bliterized, but you get the point. Now, if everything had been fair and these organizations had done a good job and we all felt they were, maybe we'd believe some of this and taking it further, maybe if they had treated number 45, the, the president that, that America elected back in 2016 over the, the Marxist Hillary Clinton, then maybe we would say, well, okay, we, we'd give this thing another look, but we know what they were after. We know how they went after Trump. Everybody is aware of it. There was never a peaceful day in that administration, people. Never was there a moment where things were just beautiful on the Hill and we supported our president. It never happened. This, this administration was under fire, was under duress uh, before he stepped into the Oval Office in a way that we've never seen in the history of our country. Never have they attacked a president more than they've attacked that guy. And, and you know, liking him or disliking him is really not the story here. That's not what I'm really talking about. He, he's complicated. He's controversial. Sure. We, we all can be that way when we are passionate and we love our country. We, we all can get that way. And, you know, we also know that Trump was sent to Washington to clean it up a bit. He was the businessman that looked at Washington from the high towers in New York City and uh, really didn't know how to play the political games. That's why it was never smooth. He, he really was a bull of the China shop in this case, not only for China, but for us, right? You know, it, it just it was a different man for a different day. And when you understand the attacks that went against 45 throughout all of that time, we would all understand that this is very logical, that with that election in question, with all of that happening in 2020 and playing out in real time, we all knew that they were never gonna let go of Trump. And so it made logical sense that they wanted to mark him up as much as they could. And I could tell you right now, Pelosi and company and the rest of the operatives and Barack Obama specifically are behind this Capitol uh, January 6th. And I feel compelled to put that out there because it is a fact, there's no doubt. And yet we still run around and, and even the Republicans who, you know, many of the rhinos and the Republicans have come out and damned the whole thing. And, oh, my God, you know what happened on the 6th? And maybe enough Americans were pissed off. Maybe patriots had had enough. Maybe they went up there to uh, to discuss the grievances that they had with our nation, where it was headed, what was happening. The fact that we had fallen so far from our uh, constitutional values. Perhaps that was what that day was about. You know, I really didn't have a problem with the day specifically, other than they 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 shot somebody and killed somebody. We still don't know about uh, Babbitt, all of those details, do we? Right? We also knew the mix in of the the uh, the Marxist folks that were mixed in there. That was pretty clear. That was very very in your face as well. You know, the Antifa folks and the BLM folks and all of these people who've done a, a pretty outrageous job of uh, screwing up our country over the past many years. Uh, and I think a lot of these people were put in there, but then we have another piece and that is the piece of the FBI, which has a history 
of using informants to do any of their work. I mean, this is what they do. There was a study in 2012 by the Center of National Security at the Fordham Law School. And they point out that the FBI has been using infiltrators to entrap people since it's founded in 1908, okay? And I quote here, it says, every single one of the 138 terrorist incidents recorded in the United States between 2001 and 2012 involved FBI informants who played leading roles, right? Now that study goes on to say, Informants did not simply observe the terror, nor did they try to thwart it. Instead, the informants played a leading role in carrying out the terror plots. They helped plan the terror and supplied collaborators with weapons. The FBI informants gave instructions and even went as far as recruiting Islamic terrorists. And of course, if they don't recruit them, people, we have enough of them coming over the southern border right now, right? For sure. It turns out that terrorism is really a natural occurrence, self-organized plot. Instead, terrorism is often executed because it is incited, aided and abetted by federal law enforcement agencies. And that is a wow, wow, wow. There's never been a doubt in my mind what January 6th was all about. Uh, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a reverse attack. It was an attack on the American people. It was an attack on surely to mar up Donald Trump any more that they could. It was sort of to put a nail in the coffin uh, after you kind of fraudulently do an election. This is the way to get Trump out of the way, uh, to mark him up as the, the monster who edged all these people on when he said to patriotically and peacefully uh, demonstrate. But uh, those words how horrible they were that he would have incited violence in such a criminal way, patriotically and peacefully, right? And those were the words. And I talked about them right then. I talked about them on the 6th and the 7th and the 8th to you all here. We all know those words. They ring in our ears, patriotically, peacefully. Trump never got up there and said, let's go ramsack the Capitol, kids. Now, if you listen to many Republican operatives, you would come away with the feeling that that is what he said. No, because you see, the, this entire establishment, uh, Trump was a cancer to the entire group, or maybe he was the cure for cancer. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty clear, people. This isn't just a Republican and a Democrat thing. This is an American thing. And it's, it's, it's a really a, a Marxist takeover of our country that we're experiencing here. And we're experiencing it in real time. We're living through historical moments of time. And we, we are. That's why it is that frog in the pot. And it's slowly there boiling and boiling and boiling. And now I, I can't seem to get a story in here at America Out Loud every day where somebody's not referencing our Marxist roots and what's happening with our communist takeover. No longer a laughing matter. And again, you know what's sick about this is the, is the lunatics on the left. These would be the first people they'll put out of their misery. And these are the people that are promoting this agenda have no blessed clue of what the hell they're doing except that they're destroying the American experiment. Well, today on The Voice of a Nation, we'll speak to Jeremy Brown. I'll tell you more about him in a minute. He's a, a former Green Beret, uh, a very decorated, patriotic military hero who got caught up into this thing, who was, uh, in, you may have heard pieces of the story. It's just starting to come out, but he, he was... Uh, uh, he, he was pointed out to become an informant for the FBI, one of those people I was just telling you about up front there, you see. When we bring it back to 
the January 6th and what was going on. You know, I've had a series of people on the platform and on the show and the program here about uh, that day, what it was like. People who were there on the ground, who actually experienced it. I was not there personally, but then again, I don't go to any of these things because I have a phobia of people. I hate when there's a lot of freaking people around. Um, but uh, Kathy, you don't have the same phobia, do you? You were there on the 6th on Capitol, weren't you? I was. I, I happened to have a phobia for cold weather. So it took a lot for me to oh, be Oh, in the heat there. of January, huh? <laughs> exactly. Let's tell folks what you experienced there right up front as you were there. What, I mean, what seemed unusual or not? Well, it, it, it started off being just a no, another normal rally for Trump. And people were very excited, including myself. Everybody was in a great mood. I've been to many patriot rallies and there was no difference. Uh, even during his speech, uh, nobody was riled up. Nobody seemed anything except uh, very supportive of our president. So when we all started marching up to the uh, the uh, the Congress there, the Capitol. Uh, nobody was talking about anything with any kind of anger. Uh, everybody just wanted our voices to be heard because there was great concern, obviously, about the election. And even though probably the huge majority of people there were very clear that something was amiss in that election. I think my shirt read count legal votes only. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so those were the discussions going on. We wanted to make sure that our congressmen and women heard our concern. And that was the main reason I think most of the people were there. So as we marched up though, Malcolm, to the Capitol, that's when I first started getting very strange feelings. And I don't think I'd have had them had I not personally been involved uh, marching against BLM and Antifa the previous summer in, in, in my own hometown. Mm -hmm. But because of that experience, I was able to uh, scope out some unusual things occurring. The first thing I saw uh, that struck me as odd was a young kid. He was probably in his early 20s, uh, rolling in front of me on rollerblades. Now, uh, you know, I think the audience who does go to Patriot rallies would be hard pressed to ever remember a young kid on rollerblades. Mm -hmm. But I remembered because of my previous marches that one of the ways that these uh, the, the Antifa operates as well as BLM is they send out scouts ahead of uh, time or into in, intermixed with the Patriot crowd. Uh, and, and they report back to wherever their headquarter people are. But this kid on rollerblades was the first sign for me. And then I started being a bit more alert. And immediately after that, I heard a guy on a bullhorn that started chanting something I've never heard at Patriot rallies before. And that was the chant that goes something like this. What does democracy look like? And in response, the answer from Antifa groups, if you've ever heard like Occupy Wall Street or any of these Portland 
rallies. This is a chant used by them, not us. And the response is, this is what democracy looks like. So when I heard that now, initially, just maybe one or two people chanted that back. And the guy on the bullhorn chanted it again. Then you had maybe 10 people chanting it back and so on until the entire group of patriots marching in my segment there were chanting that back. And I realized at that moment that that was a way to elicit uh, the group's uh, cooperation, let's say, Mm -hmm. uh, into what they were about ready to lead us into. You're you're describing right now, Kathy, how people got swept into this thing. And and again, I reported on this right after this happened, the 7th, because we all had that feeling and we knew and what you're describing is now how really everyday Americans, how us, how we, how patriots got swept into that movement. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. It is. And I, I witnessed it firsthand and be only because of my prior experience, mm-hmm. I saw what was going on, but a majority of the patriots there had no clue. That's why it's so important for everybody to get educated. Now, when this thing erupted, did, were you still there or did you leave? Had you left? I was I made it up to the Capitol. I did not go in uh, when I was, I would say, about uh, maybe 30 feet uh, from where the crowd broke open into the area where you saw the scuffles going on. Uh, and then I saw what I now under, understand to be a, a flashbang, I guess they call it. Mm-hmm. I yep. thought it was simply um, a tear gas going off. Right. Uh, but there was a whole bunch of smoke. And at that point, fortunately, I was uh, with some women who were older than me who said, that's it. We're done. We're, we're, we're turning around because we kind of anticipated a bunch of people running back down that hill and crushing uh, those patriots that were in the way. So that at that point is when we turned around and headed back to our hotel and watched okay. the rest of it unfold on All the right. news. Every, everyone I've talked to who's been there, and this has been a whole host of people I've discussed who were there on uh, January 6th, everybody has said that the patriot, everything they seen from every glimpse, every angle, patriots were very, very peaceful. Did you see anything different than that statement? No, I I did not um, until, uh, well, when we reached, there were some raucous uh, people, whether they were patriots or not, I don't know. For example, there was a guy dressed in an Uncle Sam outfit that was up on one of the monuments, which struck me as odd because that's not usually, you know, patriots don't deface or uh, in any way um, harm monuments, especially, and they don't climb on stuff like that. So that that was kind of weird to me. Uh, but then afterwards, when I watched this unfold on the news, mm-hmm. that's when I saw some real oddities up there yeah. with the supposed patriots breaking into the Capitol. There were just some things that struck me. Uh, for example, one was carrying an American flag that was that was soiled and torn. And that's just never I mean, a, 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 a true patriot would be absolutely embarrassed. They would mm-hmm. never carry a, a flag such as that. So there were little signs like that that kind of gave all of that gave me. you the feeling that something wasn't quite right, obviously, you know, and we're, I mean, we've heard that we've heard that message from so many now, Kathy. Uh, thank you for describing what you've seen on the 6th. And we'll get we'll 
stay right there. We'll get back a little bit here. Um, but, uh, you know, I, let me remind everybody, you know, I mentioned grievances up front when we started here. And let's let's remind everybody of the First Amendment. This is what I took from the sixth, really and truly. You know, people felt we were assaulted in our country. You want to talk about an assault. I mean, we all felt that way because we it was not being addressed what had happened in this election. Uh, nobody was addressing it, and nor did the Republican states address it, address it, the, the state legislatures who we felt would have been the saving grace because the majority of those states were in contention and contested. Uh, my friends were uh, run by Republicans. This is why this is not really to me a Republican and Democrat problem. It's more of an establishment and the American people problem. You, do you see where I'm at? Because at every level of this thing, this thing could have been turned around and it never was. It was never addressed. And it's still going on to this day. Historically, we know the 2020 election was was it was ramrodded. I mean, it was there was nothing legal or fair or honest about it. We all are uncomfortable with it. And like Kathy was just saying, count only legal votes. Nobody on, I don't think any patriot, as I've said to you, I've stated to you many times, if that's what the American people really wanted, if they wanted Joe Biden to be the president, I would accept that if that's legal. I, I may not like it, but if that's what the people want, if that's what the uh, the electors put in there, that the majority of the people voted to put that in, all right, Superman, I'll, I'll suck it up. We'll deal with it. We put up with Barack Obama for eight freaking years. We can certainly put up with Biden for whatever, however long he lives or that they don't pull them out, right? With the 25th Amendment, yeah. But you look at the First Amendment, it's real simple, people. You know, the right to petition government for a redress of grievances is the right to make a complaint, seek the assistance of, of one's government without fear of punishment of, of reprisals. That's supposed to be the idea. That's supposed to be the key. That's, that's a, the petition, the, to petition the government for a redress of grievances to peacefully assemble. That's what Trump had talked about there as well. It, it's, it's really become a bit of a clown car, if you will, this whole thing of the establishment. It really, to me, it's a visual of a clown car. And we're all observing this in real time, what's taken place. And all of this adds to a lot of the other spectacles that have happened in our country. Uh, over the past many years that put us on this wicked, wicked path. Uh, and then you bring in the players, the outside influences like China, right? And Russia, but more China. China's the problem. Russia is not the problem. It, it has always been China. We've been talking about China is the, the media talks about Russia. That was their whole thing about Trump. You know, the, the whole crazy story about peeing on prostitutes in the Moscow Hotel and the Christopher Steele and the dossiers and all of these wicked fairy tales, these fairy tales coming from hell that were put onto the American people to believe through our Justice Department and the FBI, who are at the center of this story, to remind you all. Their hands were in the pot here all the way through this thing, you see? And so every American should be outraged and should look here to know that there, there, it just doesn't, too much is corrupt here. That doesn't meet the eye, people. And it should leave us all unsettled. Now, what we'll do now 
is uh, in just moments here, I want to bring on here uh, Jeremy Brown. It's an honor to have him with us, a former Green Beret, who I'll tell you more about him. But uh, uh, and he was contacted and he was, we think a lot of people were in this role, but he was somebody who actually recorded what had taken place. That makes all the difference here, because it's one thing to make a statement or a story and not have the evidence or the backup. And then how do you get the American people to believe that? But if you have the actual evidence there, and, and, and with Jeremy, you know, I've seen him already talk about this, and you, you know that the outrage is real. You know it definitely, he's, first of all, he's got the evidence, but you also know you can feel his outrage as a citizen, as a patriot. I mean, like all of us, if it happened to me, I would be the same way. I would say, okay, let's, uh, the rules have just changed. Now, the problem is we're going after the big bloated government, Uncle Sam, you see? I mean, we're going after this big establishment apparatus is what's happening here, which are consistently trying to shut us all down. And we see that happening all over. So we're going to unwind this story with Jeremy Brown and give him the floor to talk about what had taken place. It's going to be very, very compelling, I believe, here now that we have this set up. But I, I think it's important you all understand there's no doubt in my mind, in my opinion, is that this was a complete setup. I, I believe it in all my heart. I'm not a listen, I'm not a theory kind of guy, but I am a factual guy who deals with real worlds, real data. And, and I believe that from moment one, because the evidence was very clear. It was very, very clear to me. So the operatives and the media folks and the oligarchs can sit up there and continue to spew their hate and their garbage, but people, it is rubbish. They don't want to get to any truth. This country is raw. It's uh, many people say it's reminiscent of, uh, of uh, 1860. The operatives continue to use racism and their claims of all of that and indoctrination of the kids through programs like CRT, right? the social emotional learning, taking over all of our school systems, the government education system. And now you see the takedown of a country. And it's a rallying call to all patriots who love their country. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Today, America stands at the crossroads of history. Our actions will determine the fate of our nation. Well, that journey starts here and starts now. We invite you to join us in making the ultimate difference. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters. Turn notifications on and stay in the know. 
find all that back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. I do believe we will know the truth and find the truth on what happened on January 6th in the Capitol event. Call it more of an event than a riot. Uh, You know, the infiltration of uh, not only just informants, but the activists and the Marxists uh, to shake things up. There's a lot of evidence of all that happening. That's not just a theory. And you watch the videos and everything else that's taken place and you sort of, you surely know. Uh, And then, you know, again, the the redress of grievances, I think, is the American people are, uh, they're raw right now. There's a rawness in our country that we haven't seen before in our lifetime. We've never seen this. We weren't here back in that day, in the 1860s. But there's a rawness in this country. And people know it's slipping away from us. They know the hostilities of what's taking place, people. And it's scary as hell because there's not another America around. You can't just get on a plane and go to another America. This country is unique. This, this experiment in humankind was unique. And here it is, it's all for risk and, and the world will suffer greatly. And, and we, we, we see what's happening in real time now with Biden at the helm and the Marxist agenda that's being put forth here. Let's talk about the informant part of this piece here. And uh, I'd like to do it. And, and also uh, the other piece of this is the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys you've been hearing a lot about. And I, and I really wasn't keeping up a lot with them, but these are actually, as I you, you discover more of these groups, they're actually full of terrific people, military heroes. The left and the political operatives have tried to paint this out as a white supremacy, but that's racism is their go-to order. It was back in the 1860s, and it's that way here in, 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 20, uh, in the 2020s. Right. It's the same damn thing. Now they use those, 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 those are the scabs, the rawness of America that you pull off people to go out because America hurts under that. And it's what they do. They, the, the whole slavery conversation comes back again. And, and then you, it's to pull, it's to suppress this entire society here. Uh, let me tell you about uh, Jeremy Brown here, three years in Ranger regiment, uh, 17 year green beret, He's uh, an expert in insurgencies, counterinsurgency. So there you go right there, human intelligence. Served in the United States Army from 1992 to 2012 and reached the rank of Special Forces Master Sergeant. He's also a former Republican candidate for Congress in Florida's 14th Congressional District. That's a good piece to know. And we're seeing more and more military folks now do that, uh, Jeremy, that are uh, r- jumping in here that want to make a difference. Um, Welcome to the Voice of a Nation, Jeremy. Well, thank you for having me, Malcolm. It is awesome to have you here. It is, I tell you what, brother, it is a privilege to have you here and have your voice. Now, let's, let's, we've got, we've got time here. Listeners are here. I want them to hear from you and what happened, but I'd like to, first of all, on January 6th, was you up there at the Capitol when that all happened? Uh, yes, I was. Yeah, I knew I knew you were. I wanted listeners to hear from you, though. You were there because you you had become part of this this group. It, the group you were was the the Oath uh, Keepers. Is that right? That's that's correct. The uh, uh, I joined the Oath Keepers uh, on November 9th, right after the election debacle, because uh, that was kind of like the 
that was kind of like the the straw that broke the camel's back. Oh, wait a minute now. You just did that after the election? That's correct. I didn't know that, brother. Okay, interesting. So now, was that a rallying call that a lot of patriots were doing that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. uh, The the group that that I joined, I don't think they had that many new. I knew they were starting to get a lot of new people in, but okay. uh, they were fairly well established. Uh, the the ones that I had initially met up with at, at the beginning. So, Jeremy, what kind of people are part of that group, please? <clears throat> the the oath, the oath keepers. I'm speaking of. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it's just like you described. I mean, th- these are people that uh, it, the, they're primarily targeted towards people that have taken the oath. Hence the name, oath keepers, right? Uh, that that oath that we all take uh, to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies. But it's not just those people, right? It's it's regular everyday Americans that believe that their republic is worth defending and that there may come a day when uh, they have to step up and, and do that. And so it, it really is, you know, the best of America, white, black, uh, Puerto Rican, uh, you know, his, yeah, just a male, female. I mean, it really is a cross-section. So, Jeremy, so part of that Oath Keepers, then, you just described a, a beautiful American fabric here. So when you say brown, black, white, yellow, so there, like, so help me here now. There, there's no, like, uh, rules that say you have to be a white supremacist to join that group. <laughs> exactly. No, in, in fact, they, they actually have a, a fairly decent vetting process to where they don't want those types of people. And, and it goes the same for... The Proud Boys. I mean, as a guy that had attended a couple of different events, uh, probably some events that that, uh, uh, Kathy was at, you know, you run into Proud Boys. And again, it's an organization made up of a cross section of Americans. And in fact, I every event I ever went to, there were more brown and black Proud Boys than there were white. So Mm. the entire narrative of the Oath Keepers, Mm. the Proud Boys, the three percenters is 100% 100% false. Wow. And any and any American out there, and I will tell you, on that day, mm-hmm. as we are moving into position uh, for our security detail, as we're moving back and picking up our gear, we could almost not get our stuff done because so many people were coming up and saying, thank you for being here, mm-hmm. because they see that we're in a posture of security, that we're not little soy boys wearing our skinny jeans, mm-hmm. but that we're there mm-hmm. on a mission to make sure that these people are there allowed to redress their grievances without some mm-hmm. thug mm-hmm. throwing rocks or ice bottles or anything like that. Yeah. It's a, yeah, an equal force uh, in a protective stand- standpoint and posture. To- is everybody hearing this? Is everybody hearing this from Jeremy? What he says, is everybody hearing this? I mean, Jeremy, it's like, here, here's the, the, the real uh, spot about this that, that should burn everybody up is there's no way anybody would know what you just said if they didn't hear you paint the picture. And what you describe is very accurate. That is what these groups are. And you're hearing it from, from you know, again, a, a man, a, a, a patriot, a former Green Beret. You're hearing it from somebody here, Jeremy Brown, who knows who's speaking firsthand. But, but Jeremy, at the same time, the media has put this message out there. If you went out and you polled Americans right now and you did a study and you went on any street corner and you went down their street and you asked them who the Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, or a name, you, you don't hear much about the three percenters, but the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, you, you've heard a fair amount in the media. 
they, I'm willing to bet that the study would show a large percentage. It would be the majority. That's my feelings. Now, you tell me, is that your feelings as well? But a large majority of the people would say, oh, that's white supremacy. Of course. And that is the purpose of propaganda, is to control the minds of the populace. It's called tell-a-vision, right? <laughs> tell-a-vision, right? Yeah. The media is designed mm-hmm. to tell you what somebody wants you to think, Okay. Um, and that's yeah. And you see that across the space. They don't want us to talk to each other. They want us to sit there, look at a little screen and just absorb their narrative. And uh, and that's why, as I've made the rounds on all these different various smaller platforms, I, I tell people that you know, turn it off, get out there, hold a neighborhood barbecue uh, and, and and meet people face to face because that's. They can't censor that, right? They can't manipulate your conversation with another human, but they can manipulate every aspect of the information you receive directly from them. And and that's their goal. It is their goal for sure. Um, Now, so we now know who the groups are. Now, I, I got it in my head. You joined after the election because you were outraged and you felt something had happened in that election that wasn't right. And now these groups are up there to defend. Uh, again, this was going to be a peaceful gathering of Americans. Uh, it was all advertised to be what it was. Uh, th- fine. Prior to that day, when did this piece, let's bring it back to this. Where, let's get into the real big heat of this thing, Jeremy, which is the informant part of it. When you were solicited, I'm going to say solicited, I guess is the right word to use here, uh, to become an informant for the FBI. What's the date on that when that happened? So their initial contact was December 4th. And then after that, um, and, and, and we had the, the porch video cam surveillance footage of that. Um, after that, I took a few days to kind of negotiate the terms of me actually meeting with them. And then that meeting happened on December 9th of 2020. December 9th. So this is when the election was still being contested and argued, that's, right? And debated. Correct. All right. And, 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 and if you remember, the president didn't tweet out about January 6th until December 19th. So really like a full 10 days prior to anyone even knowing there was going to be a January 6th. Okay. All right. Why did they reach to you? Uh, yeah. I don't know exactly, but I have my suspicions because, uh, I, like I said, I joined Oath Keepers on November 9th. I immediately got involved and started to sit in on some of their meetings. And, you know, within, I guess, a, a week or so, uh, it had come out on a site called Unicorn Riot, which is kind of like a leftist, um, you know, news blog or whatever. I don't know what you would call it, but they had actual screen records of some of these Oath Keeper meetings. And looking at the material that was coming out through Unicorn Ride, it was clear to me that this wasn't just a random recording, that this had been collected information. I mean, it's a screen capture of a go-to meeting and the entire thing was posted. So at that point, uh, I kind of you know, was convinced that their comms were compromised. And so I stepped back, stopped participating in those open meetings. And then, of course, a couple of weeks later is when I get the visit from uh, the federal agent. So I suspect that, you know, I pop up on, on these meetings and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, I introduced myself as a green beret. And they're like, we, you know, we can target that guy. I, now if, if that's, if, 
I don't, maybe they pick my name out of a hat. I don't know. You don't really but, know, but your, exactly. your feeling is that. Right. Yeah. All yeah. right. When that, so the date, the, the date again, the back to the visit, let's get to the visit that day. What, what was the date of the visit? The date of the visit was December 4th. It was a early Friday morning. And I remember this because we're expecting the AC repair guy uh, to come to our house that day. And that's really the only reason my girlfriend ended up opening the door because we have very strict security measures in place. And of course, she violated them. So. <laughs> wow. Because you would have never known otherwise, right? They well, left right. Probably. Because our policy is we don't answer the door unless we verify that we know the person on the security camera. But because it was kind of right place, right time, mm-hmm. uh, early Friday morning, she just automatically assumed it was the AC repair guy, of which who we personally know the guy. Right. So she went straight to the door only to be surprised by the fact that there's two federal agents. Wow. And so she opens the door with the federal agents there. Right. Wow. And so what happens with her and them? Oh, so, yeah, when she heard the doorbell, she poked her head in the bedroom and said, hey, the air conditioning guy's here. So, of course, (laughs) I'm I'm staggering out of bed. It's hard to move in the morning. And all you you veterans out there know what I mean. Uh, So it takes me a little bit of time to get my my the lubrication moving through my joints. But by the time I stumbled to the door, they're already engaged in conversation about, you know, where's Jeremy Brown? (laughs) And of course I'm standing there. They look at me. I think they think that I'm Jeremy Brown, but she's telling them, Oh no, he's not here. It was kind of comical because I just don't say anything to them and they never ask. So therefore uh, they just kind of, you know, continue the conversation with her and then eventually leave. So you mean you didn't really talk to them then that day? No, no, I didn't. I, yeah, you, you asked me no questions. I'll tell you no lies. So I, I literally stood there, listened right. to the conversation. He handed me the business card. Right. And they're like, well, we just want to talk to Jeremy about some things he had posted. And she's like, well, you know, he comes and goes. You know, I'll pass the word on to him. OK, um, so they never really seen you then. I mean, they, I was standing in front of them. They That's saw what me, I thought you said. Okay. But they never addressed okay. me gotcha, as Jeremy. Gotcha, right? I gotcha, gotcha. If they would have, I would have said, hi, what are you guys doing here? But they right. didn't. So right, understood, I, understood. All right. Never volunteer anything to a federal okay. agent, people. All right, gotcha. No, especially when they say that, you're. I hear you loud and clear, and you don't know what they're there for, right? It could be anything. Well, I mean, And to be honest, Malcolm, uh, my initial... Um, Right. assessment of them based on their clothing, the flimsy business card he handed me, the right. cars that they were driving, which they parked separately on either side of our property. I thought, well, maybe these guys are fake, right? Like maybe these are Antifa mm. guys that are, yeah. that are pretending to be agents so that they can kind of case the property, things like that. Um, I, I didn't initially believe their story. It wasn't until afterwards. And then I kind of vetted their uh, email and, and had some people check into their, uh, their vehicles and things like that, that I was, I was like, okay, these are agents to so know that they were real legit FBI guys. That, okay. That's correct. That's All right. Correct. So what happens from the other next encounter, please. So, uh, after we close the door, um, I wait a little bit, but I mean, literally a few minutes later, I, my cell phone rings, right. uh, and it's, you know, I let it go to voicemail and it's, it's the agent that was just at my door basically saying, Hey, you know, we just want to talk to you. Um, so, 
after that, I wait probably about an hour, two hours, and then I send an email to the email address on the business card and, and get a response pretty much immediately. So at that point, I engage in the conversation all in email so that I have a record of it because I've been divorced and I learned that you don't say things on the phone. You get a written record of it. So um, and that's where we really started the negotiation about what is this about, which they didn't want to tell me at first. And I said, well, you know, I'm not going to meet with you if you're not going to tell me what the topic of discussion is, because I'm not looking to be, you know, the next General Flynn. Now, that was so, the same day. That was the same day. Yes, yeah, same day. But then, you know, we exchanged emails back and forth over okay. a few days. And then, uh, you know, we scheduled the meeting for December 9th. Uh, so it's several about a well uh, what yeah, about what? five days yeah uh, if I, okay always right, so, make them sweat Malcolm always right. make them sweat. well you know I got to tell you what uh, brother and I think every listener appreciates this because we're getting a lot of tips from you right now on how to deal with federal agents right now so this is really <laughs> cool stuff I mean really though I mean I can see them short up a million and uh, we want to talk to you about all those conversations you've been having nationally Malcolm with people like Jeremy Brown what the hell's that all about right uh, <laughs> well and, I will tell you. If your listeners want to hear what a FBI recruitment sounds like, um, they should go to the original interview that I did with Brandon Gray from justanotherchannel.com. And we go that we go through it line by line. We literally, you know, a couple sentences, we pause it. I tell, I explain exactly what they're trying to get me to do and then how I basically handle them. The bottom line is that they underestimated me, underestimated me, which we all know. You should never underestimate your enemy, but that's exactly what happened. And so uh, a meeting that they hoped to control, I actually ended up controlling. And now here we are. Well, let's talk about that meeting more now. Let's jump in to get those feelings out. Where was that meeting held? Uh, it was held in a basically an open air uh, cafe environment in a historic Ybor City, which is right outside of uh downtown Tampa. So this is on the 9th now of December mm -hmm. and this is outside. And, and I'm surprised they would be willing to have that kind uh, you pick that spot, not them, right? That, that's correct. Okay. So now this was happening the way you wanted it. Okay. I like this. So you picked the spot, obviously that, you know, it's not like they came to arrest you or had some, some, something on you, you were providing, they wanted you for a service. Yeah. I mean, the story that they used, which obviously was not true, was that I had made some social media posts uh, yeah. and they wanted to talk to me. But the, the problem is, is that I had at that time had pretty much stopped even being on social media. So right, right. they did. They just didn't do enough research yeah, yeah. For, for their their, their little their little carrot story um, yeah. to make it legitimate. Well, think about that a moment now. And, and everybody can appreciate this, Jeremy, because. What's happening is, you know, we all heard those stories where the, the FBI and the authorities are there because of social media posts you've used. We've seen those stories in the news. So that's their gateway to try to get your, your brain moving. And a lot of people do buckle with that and then said, OK, what, you know, like, and I, right, they, did, they underestimated. They didn't know who right. they were dealing with because a lot of people I could see would buckle with that and then become, uh, their bait and, and almost you'd be at their mercy then because you don't it, it, a lot of people I think Jeremy would think well I don't want to get in trouble like these are this is the right. government here the big bad FBI the badasses from you know the Justice Department are here what do you need Massa what do you need Massa what can I give you, you know, that's exactly right I mean look intimidation is a large I mean and and this is why anybody will tell you right. don't talk to them because they're going to pretend to be your friend. 
Sure. But ultimately, they're going to use everything you say against you, right? I mean, uh, and so, yeah, most people, look, Americans in general are law-abiding, stick-to-themselves people. And right. when they get a visit from the FBI, their first interaction is, how can I help, right? right. And so, and, and I think, huh. you know, the stories have come out about the one, the Air Force chaplain, 30 years, who volunteered to speak to the FBI, and now he's on no-fly list. And so, yeah, they are not our friends, people. <laughs> this is- no, no. And you say it very well. I mean, and I, I, you know, I get a sense of that. Most people get caught into these traps because they say a lot. Again, I, I got to appreciate this. Everybody is getting a life lesson right now from Jeremy. He's he's right on. It's like, you know, if you're coming to me and you're an authority and you're trying to, you, you know, I'm going to be a hard ass just like Jeremy. You ain't, get, you ain't getting squat from me. I'm not telling you squat. I'd be the guy sitting there as well at the door. Well, uh, you know, when they're trying to, you know, stare you down or something, Jeremy, you know, or your right. woman and say, you know, whatever, we're going to buckle under this thing. All right. So that day you're at this open door environment now. And so what bring us through that? What what happens there, please? Well, so, uh, yeah, I, I give them the time. I gave them the location. And then I, you know. I show up an hour early because, uh, you know, we always like to walk the area, try to identify their vehicles, <laughs> see if they have any surveillance, if there's counter surveillance. Yeah. You want to know, you want to know your environment. So I showed up there. I, I, I intentionally came in from a direction opposite of where my car was actually parked because you never want to go out the same way you came in. I mean, these are all just things that we do naturally because of you know, my previous profession. But, you know, we walk up, I, I, I literally have a decoy old school tape recorder. I think uh, some of us might remember what those look like as a decoy, because I told him, I said, I'm going to record the meeting there. So that's fine. You did but, tell him that. That's right. But then I had my actual phone in my pocket. So I never had my phone out. So unbeknownst to them, the actual recording device that they were speaking into um what was not what they were seeing just in the event that maybe they want to snatch it away from me or, or whatever. So, um, and and we sit down and and we just have like a nice conversation and, you know, they start out with the whole, Hey, you know, you're not in any trouble. We just, we, this is just part of our job. You know, Twitter and Facebook told us that you had said this stuff. And so we have to check it out because that's who we work for. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of that level of conversation. And, and, you know, you, you had mentioned that, you know, they come to you, you're going to push back. What I, what I definitely suggest to people is don't take the confrontational uh, route because they'll use that against you as well. Right. You know, just go along, just don't give them any information, just go along. You know, we're, we're all friends. Right. But know that they're there to use your, whatever you say against you, they're not there um, to keep America safe. They're there to manipulate you into uh, fulfilling whatever their tasking is. Yeah. I, and just think it, what, what, what's going through my mind right now, Jeremy, and this is what freedom looks like in America. I mean, what a beautiful thing, huh, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like, like I said about the whole social media, I just talked to a guy that was, has been approached by the FBI and NCIS and they started in with his social media. The problem is um, he doesn't have social media. So, so it's all <laughs> lies, right? That's so like, lies. they're like, Oh, we just want to talk to you about some oh, social man. media. He's like, um, I, I don't use social media. So, so it's like, damn it, man. Look, wow. Dude, 
for all you FBI agents that are hoping to entrap innocent Americans out there, look, take a little advice from this and uh, do a little research on your target before you go out there. You're embarrassing yourself. Wow. So this is so now the, you're recording this conversation. It's going along. How are they handling themselves? What's what? I mean, I mean they're, what they're 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 professional that, you know, they're they're playing the, the nice cop role. Um, of course, you know, that it, and and most people think like this is this is the main action, right? What you have a sequence um, to, you know, spotting and recruiting an asset and your initial meeting is really just kind of rapport building. Like that's why there wasn't a hard pitch. It was like a subtle mention of it. Right. Oh, oh, well, hey, maybe you'll work for us in the future. Just let us know, because they're only wanting they're wanting to kind of plant the seed in your mind and they're wanting to kind of fill you out to whether you'd be receptive. It's the follow on meetings are where that like spy game, Robert Redford, uh, Brad Pitt type stuff that you see in the movies happens. The initial meeting is never uh, unless they're really trying to intimidate you. Uh, that initial meeting is kind of like, hey, yeah, we're your friends. We we're concerned about you. And oh, by the way, if you if you ever hear anything or you need a little extra money, you know, it, it, that's kind of the way these initial meetings go. Uh, and at the time, I, I had actually considered um, taking them up on our offer, but to basically infiltrate them and then use their infrastructure, basically like almost like a double agent. But then I was like, nah, it's not worth my time, but I did contract, I did contact project Veritas. Um, and I did talk to some of their people, mm -hmm. uh, but during that phone conversation <laughs> and I, and I warned them, I said, look, yeah, if you and it don't say anything over the phone but but then the 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 young lady that i spoke to basically revealed their entire plan on the phone so after i said well the next time you reveal your operational plan don't do it on the phone and i think it kind of spooked them and then i never heard from them again so <laughs> i'm like if, if you're going to try to infiltrate the fbi you probably shouldn't do it on a platform where they're listening to the whole plan Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, they sure do. They listen to all of us and they know what's going on. And uh, that's compliments again of uh, the Patriot Act. Uh, that was compliments of 9-11, Jeremy, you know that. Yeah, you know? yeah. That, the, the original, the, the, big, the big false flag that nobody knows about. Right. The 9-11 and uh, it changed everything, the Patriot Act. And that's compliments of Bush and uh, all of that uh, that has uh, really transformed our nation. And we speak about the Patriot Act all the time. It's gone way too far uh, and it's really weaponized the entire justice system against America. And we're seeing it right now. Uh, Jeremy, hang right there uh, as we continue on with the story here. I mean, it's, it's fascinating as hell. The things we're learning from you as well when you're dealing with authorities is of extreme value as far as I'm concerned, uh, because this could happen to anybody here listening for whatever reason as you're being contacted by the authorities. You know, it's a sad, unfortunate reality now that we're caught into as Americans that we're caught into this web. And, and I, my sense is that just listen to Jeremy right up front here is that it, uh, at least the way I feel, uh, you know, it's it's us against them. Do you have that same feeling out there? Us against them. Who is them? Well, them is, you know, big government. It's the big apparatus. Now, see, that's where we're screwed up at this point, because them was supposed to be us. The citizenry was supposed, uh, these people work for us. 
And you see, America has let them run wild on us. And now they have turned against us, this establishment apparatus, with outside forces of infiltration and from really global forces now. No doubt about it, people. It's a fact. Again, it's a, I don't need theories here. Just facts, okay? And now America has been compromised. This experiment, sadly, has been really, truly compromised to the point that it makes me sick. Makes me sick. That's where we're at. And you just hear Jeremy go on with that right now. And that sets my sense right now. And I, I feel like we're all the them. And over there, we know who they are. And now we have a fight of our lifetimes. And then people say to me, well, how do we take this back? Uh, what about the next election? <laughs> they weaponized the election, the electoral system. Remember, they, they now want to get rid of the electoral college. They go with the other one. So because they've turned all of our cities into third world shitholes. And so all of the urban centers and all of that and the coastal factors are all gone. They've become really like a third world crap hole. What, what is there left, people? Would you want to live in those cities? I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's beyond. And so you look at where are we at with this experiment, Malcolm? You almost have to do inventory. And, you know, many of you out there, you say, well, uh, what are we fighting for again? That's a good question. I'll find out more from Jeremy on that. What are we fighting for again? How do we take that back, people? Huh. Uh, how many years would it take? I mean, we're, we're uh, what, 245 years into this experiment. We're now going to approach a big moment of 250 years of American tradition. What the hell does that look like at 250 years, I wonder? And can you imagine, you ask yourself, because we're young, as far as countries go, what do we look like 500 years from now? You, you know, it's, could you, I mean, come on, you know damn well, is America even standing at 500 years? And again, I'm taking it up at big conversation here, but you say, well, you're kind of jumping all over. Well, it's, I mean, I, I tend to look at things at 50,000 feet and say, where are we at right now in our country? What's left to fight for really? You know, it's, it's not, again, our military has been weaponized. They've been woked. You know, and it really, it's, it's, they, they're arguing about the type of haircuts they have and what they freaking look like. I mean, these people are all over the place. They're, they're making this thing into silly putty. And the Marxists have infiltrated every level of government. And if it isn't the, the Marxism communist route and the China expose, it's the Islamic radical nuts. I mean, it's a one, two force punch in the gut. And then you say, wow, that is wow, people. It doesn't give me, as a patriot, and as you know, knowing what our founders went through and where we're at right now, it's no laughing matter what's happening to our country. So, we're going to get an hour or two next year with uh, with uh, Jeremy Brown and and uh, former Green Beret, a patriot. Lo love his story here, but I also love his passion for this country. I want to ask him a lot more here, man, that I want to talk to him on. So, uh, you're listening to the Voice of a Nation. and soul of a nation beckons the call the voice of our forefathers heard in the distance a house divided against itself cannot stand to reclaim our honor, honor, honor. our soul. soul the challenges of a generation call out future generations hang in the balance we choose liberty 
This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. I was speaking with Jeremy Brown here. 17-year Green Beret, three years in Ranger Regiment, uh, expert in insurgencies, counterinsurgency, human intel. And you know damn well if you've been listening to him, he's a guy who's not going to take anything lying down. He's going to stand up and push back. And this is actually a character, it's a personality that our country is made out of. This is the personality right now, Jeremy's personality, is a personality that is what, that's the heart of our country. It's the heartbeat of our nation. It's people who get it. It's passion people. It's the reason we walk into a room and we get goosebumps when the freaking flag goes up. You understand? It's why we protect that flag. It's why we cherish the flag. That's it, right? That's the heartbeat of our country, man. And the people who are joining these groups to say, well, we're the Oath Keepers, man. We're the proud boys of our nation. Now, we're the three percenters, whatever the hell it is, whatever you want to call ourselves, right? But we're the people who care. And then the Marxist media, well, that's the white supremacy group. Again, they're already here. You don't have to wait for them to come onto our shores. You don't have to wait. It's not going to happen. That's not how this thing is won. They're not coming. If you're waiting for Normandy here on the shores in America, you've got your head up your backside. It ain't happening that way. They're already here. They're up in the beltway of D.C. and they're rallying the troops to come over the border and the southern border. This is beyond 1860 at this point. Jeremy. What do you say to what I put out there right now, sir? Uh, what do you say to what I just put out there? Because that's pretty strong language, what I just lay out. Give me some feedback on that, please. Well, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. And uh, I, I tell people as I'm out there speaking that, you know, that, that are talking about how, oh, we're losing our, our republic. And, and my response to that is, no, you've already lost the republic. Like, you... Uh, the, the Republic has fallen, ladies and gentlemen. And, and frankly, uh, I mean, you could say that it fell uh, with the with the Russian collusion hoax. Right. Where a candidate for president of the United States was, was spied on with military grade technology in violation of every single law and principle that our Constitution uh, it was written to protect. Um, and nothing happened. I mean, uh, you have these politicians and, and I'm going to tell you, I'll go on record and say, I think it's probably about 95% of them. And, and all you have to do to ask yourself is who are the good politicians will say, well, who is proclaiming, uh, that we have political prisoners being held right now. And the answer to that is going to be nobody. I mean, uh, the, the, the one fraudulent, uh, fake, uh, feigned uh, outrage was from Elizabeth Warren, of all people. <laughs> like when Elizabeth Warren is the only person speaking out against uh, the American gulags, then you know that we have a very serious problem. And people talk to me about Jim Jordan and all these other people. And I'm like, are you serious? Jim Jordan, like a week after a, a lot of these arrests was talking about Britney Spears and how she's basically a prisoner to her father. 
Who gives a crap about Britney Spears? She has plenty of money to solve her problems, okay? But you know who doesn't have plenty of money to solve their problems? The 500-plus Americans who were sitting in their living room, cleaning their gutters, watching their TV, and then the FBI shows up and probably a million-plus dollars of assets and man hours and resources to arrest them, frog march them out on their own front lawns in the in the broad daylight in front of their neighbors. Uh, you got the one uh, woman who had who miscarried her baby because the FBI, you know, tactical unit shows up at her door and red lasers on her. I mean, this is insanity. Okay, but this is what's going on in America. And the sad thing is that ninety nine point nine percent. Uh, also a number associated with the recovery rate for COVID. But 99.9% of Americans have no idea that 500 plus Americans are being held, some as long as six months without due process, without being allowed to see their attorneys. I mean, are, are being assigned attorneys to them with the express intent to just let them sit there and rot. They don't care. You think some public defender that goes into a courtroom every single day in D.C. is going to piss off the deep state judge that he has to work with every single day. No. Right. Uh, he's got to go to cocktail parties. He can't be seen as the uh, public defender that that defended that racist, that white supremacist. I mean, we know that he's a uh, Puerto Rican, but we're, we're not going to talk about that fact or or we're, yeah, it, it is completely insane. OK, I mean. Uh, Kenny Harrelson, his wife is Cajun. She's got family members that are black, <laughs> that love him, that are in family portraits of them all standing. And yet he's said to be some type of white supremacist. And what do they do? They lock him up in a, a section of the prison where, guess what? He's the only white guy. What do you think is going to happen? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is Soviet style, Maoist China style tactics being used right here in america right in and america I, here yeah and i know this because as an army green beret we go through what's called seer school surviving yeah. survival evasion resistance and escape training yeah. where we literally are locked up as prisoners yeah. so that we can know how to identify propaganda and how that we're going to be used in that environment and here i am I'm, I'm, my heart is breaking watching this happen right in my own country. And, yeah, this and, is the kind of thing, Jeremy, that uh, is uh, normally uh, we would be given hell to another country for doing. Exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's happening right here, as you say. What is the number again that, that don't have due process right now? What's the number? I think we're uh, uh, over 500 was the last number that, wow. that, that I heard. Wow. I mean, 500 Americans wow. and every single one of them, I guarantee you, there was between between 20 and 30 heavily armed federal agents that showed up. Now, if it's um, some high level Democrat politician that maybe uh, kidnapped a kid and raped them to death or whatever, oh, they're allowed to contact their attorney and just turn themselves in. Uh, you know, walk up to the police station with their briefcase. In. But no, when it's the conservative when it's a a grandma or a grandpa or a veteran, a disabled veteran. Oh, no, we are, we're going to send the FBI, the sheriff's department. We're going to have helicopters. I mean, we're really we're really going to pour it on heavy like Waco style because uh, we got to make sure that we send the message to all the other Americans that are watching 
that this will happen to you too if you don't shut your damn mouth. And that's exactly what I get in emails. People saying, I'm afraid to even say that I voted for the president. I'm afraid to talk about the election because I don't know if my neighbor is going to stop talking to me, tell my boss, or report me uh, to the Ministry of Truth. Here and then go. have the have the thought uh, the thought police show up at your door. Mm. I mean, we're Malcolm. We're liter- mm. we are living mm. in 1984. Mm-mm-mm. Ministry of Truth. My, he said it right there, man. That's uh, has has Biden uh, put that together yet? Do they have a real <laughs> Ministry of <laughs> Truth yet? I'm sure they do somewhere. All right. Well, you know, all all of uh, Biden's uh, 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 cabinet positions have been transferred to the UN now, so uh, nobody really knows who's in charge of selecting. Well, yeah, it's a globalist move. I mean, it's an absolute globalist move. What's happening? You see all these uh, cancer-driven, ridden uh, uh, agreements, uh, global agreements that are going to strip us dry and bankrupt us. He's signing on, and I mean, what he's doing to the country right now, he's undoing everything that was American that Trump worked his ass off to put into play uh, over that four-year period of time to try to rattle the establishment, which you know full well, uh, Jeremy, this is probably the prime reason uh, that uh, uh, Trump shook the establishment up so much that they went for a full court press. That's what you're seeing right now. Well, yeah, but in, in my view, look, I could have a very long conversation with the former president. Like the first thing I would ask him is if you're going to drain the swamp, why do you surround yourself with swamp people? I mean, more should have been done. And, and I don't, I don't mean to pile on the Mm -hmm. president, but the reality is this. I mean, after all he went through, Mm -hmm. why didn't he just like mass fire everybody? I mean, and I say this to my girlfriend all the time. I go, yeah, can you imagine me as a business owner? Cause I own my own business and, and I, you know, my claim to fame was that I fired more people than the department of defense. Mm. And, and I said, can you imagine me having an employee that directly countered everything I told them to do? And she's like, no, you're and, and I go, yeah, you're right. I would fire them immediately. But yet we saw cabinet positions filled with these deep staters. I mean, it was kind of insane, but the reality is this, that these people in Washington, they believe that they're royalty. They, I, I mean, look at all the pomp and circumstance of uh, being called before the House. of. Look, I, I, I've told people I want to be called in front of a House committee or a Senate hearing, because the first thing I'm going to say is um, this is an employee uh, evaluation and you're all failing, right? Because they work for us. We don't work for them. But yet they set up in their high uh, perched seats with their big leather chairs that we pay for. And they have us sit down in the, you know, the folding chair <laughs> and then they, they question us. And, and then they say, Oh, I'm sorry, but your three minutes is up. I mean, look at these board or uh, these school board hearings and these city council meetings where they have their little buzzer that when your three minutes is up, uh, uh, I'm sorry, you're done talking. No, no, we're not done talking. And, and this is, I, I heard somebody say this about, January 6th, that they shouldn't have gone in, but once they were in there, they shouldn't have left. And that, and that's the reality. And I tell, I tell people that this meant, this is how, you know, the narrative is false, because if we wanted to, uh, to topple that building and, and, and leave no stone unturned, we could have just with our bare hands, we could have stomped their guts out and their weapons would have been useless against us, but that isn't what people wanted. 
All people wanted was for their voice to be heard, for their representatives to see, we are pissed Mm -hmm. at you Mm -hmm. and you better do the right thing. But see, here's the, here's the little secret that nobody wants to talk about. They don't actually work for us because the elections aren't real. So they know that they don't have to answer to us. Mm. Everyone likes to pretend like that. Oh, we're, we'll get them in 2022. Um, no, if you're not seeing that by now, you're just making their job easier Mm -hmm. because you're the most useful of the idiots. Mm. Okay. Wow. They don't work for us. And now it's clear. And so if we don't take our power back, if we don't assert our position as their bosses and, and Malcolm, this is the one thing that, all right, maybe you don't understand this. Maybe you're a law, lifelong union member, and that's why you're a Democrat, and you don't pay attention to anything in life. Pay attention to this. While you lost your job, while your neighbor's business was shut down, while your kid is being masked up in school, and you're having to take on extra uh, expenses associated with this COVID bullshit, guess who never lost a dime of income? In fact, voted themselves a pay raise in the same bill that they gave you, if you were lucky to be poor enough, $600. Um, it's the asshole, and I'm sorry, I, it's the, the our, our fearless leaders in D.C. That's who. They never lost a dime. In fact, they actually got more vacation time during COVID. COVID was a boon for government employees. Yeah. And if that doesn't make you angry... I don't know what will, folks. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're speaking here. You're hearing the passion and the outrage uh, uh, from uh, Sergeant Jeremy Brown, uh, 17-year Green Beret, three years Ranger Regiment, so uh, 20 years in there, right, uh, Jeremy? 20 years and four days, Malcolm. And I said if I would have known that they were going to get that extra four days, I would have waited. Amen. Uh, so uh, the outrage uh, is, uh, it's raw. Again, it's raw. It's, that's what I've been talking about. It's when you pull that bandage off it, you, you see the scar. America's got a big scar at this point, uh, Jeremy. Uh, it is uh, being exposed in a way that uh, many of us understand hasn't been before. Uh, I, I want to, the two big things I want to do here. I want to come back to the informant thing in just a moment here. The point of Trump, I, I want to talk about that a moment with you, because our listeners, are, uh, I think a lot of them are par- part of a movement, uh, a movement. There are people we want to engage with who are um, the same sort of people that would get the goosebumps with the flag and that would be up there on the January 6th Capitol event. You understand that, what I'm saying? Americans. Jeremy? Yeah, they, these are real Americans. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, d- dumb people don't listen to this broadcast for sure. Okay. <laughs> and uh, they don't. And they're, they're not listeners of talk radio even. Uh, they just don't because the people that are dumb uh, don't engage in this medium. Uh, they more or less, it's easier for them. They need pictures with the words. So they would turn on the, as you call it, television, the vision, or however you describe that, right? Yeah, the television. They tell television. You They're telling you a vision right there, man. What a joke. And, and Sergeant Brown talks about that perfectly well. Um, now, all right, so here's uh, my guess here with the uh, system. Uh, it's important for folks to understand what you just said you laid out there about them not working for us. And you mentioned Jim Jordan specifically, and there are a lot of others who would fall into that caliber, like you said, 95 plus percent of the system. Uh, here's, the, here's the deal. I think a lot of these people have got caught up into a web of deceit and they become part of the problem. If you're not part of the answer or part of the solution, then you're part of the problem, right? Right, That's Jeremy? correct. That's yeah, correct. right. So we know that to be true. 
But getting caught into the system when you're given a little bit of power is it's a human thing. It's a human, it's a human um, fault. And you, and you as an insurgent guy get psychology, you understand psychology and what I'm talking about here, but here's the thing with Trump. So Trump, uh, he did this drain the swamp business. That was his lingo. You're right. Establishment. And I said the same thing you said, actually. So I had, I knew exactly where you were coming from. I loved That's why I let you go. And I just wanted to hear from you when you said that, because listeners have heard me rail against all that. And I've absolutely called uh, President Trump out for the things you did as well. In fact, I'll go a step further. I actually said when he put Gina Haspel in there for the CIA and he put in Christopher Ray for the FBI and all these stooges to run the various organizations, I was and when they failed, uh, when they failed uh, uh, America and you seen uh, the, the rawness of that that was happening in real time through all of these events and through all of that four years of the administration where we were being uh, stripped apart, our freedoms and our liberties and our rights were being trampled on and they tried to take number 45 down. I'll tell you what I said many times, why doesn't Trump just get a bus? Just get a bus, drive it over to the freaking CIA office, take Gina Haspel out of there, have the cameras rolling. Jeremy, have the cameras rolling. Bring the bus over. He's the president. I'm sure that he can do some of this stuff. Get the bus over there. Paint the bus the colors of the Partridge family if you want. I don't give a rat's ass. Get the bus <laughs> over there. Take Gina Haspel. Take her and say, uh, you are fired. And have the cameras rolling. Get your stuff off your desk. Get your stuff. Get out of here. Right. Go over and get Ray. You're fired. Get the cameras rolling. Put that stuff on CNN, Fox and NBC and ABC and all these channels. You're fired. You want to create some six o'clock news? So I said all of that. Okay. And I really said that stuff. And so I, I, you're speaking to somebody here who understands what you were talking about. But here's the deal. I think that Trump realized that I think he also realized or recognized that he was in over his head. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Politics in Washington, D.C., I think you would agree with me, Jeremy, is a team sport. It's a team sport. Right. Uh, and he was the businessman extraordinaire who's seen everything from the towers in New York City. He, see, he talked for years. If you follow his record as a businessman for 25 years before he ever stepped foot on any of this stuff, he talked about all the abuses of power and the things that had happened, how China had eaten our lunch and our breakfast and our dinner and everything that was happening. We, we, Trump talked about all that. It's, he's all documented in all those speeches, those famous speeches he had before then. We know what his program was. He was asked what he run for president, probably not. Well, most successful business people don't wanna run for president because they're making too much money, Jeremy. Right. Uh, they, they don't want to be part of that shithole up there. I mean, and so, but he's seen the country take a collapse. But you remember when he went to D.C.? Do you remember that scene, Jeremy? And I talk about this scene all the time. Do you remember when he was out on the balcony and Paul Ryan was positioning his fingers and showing him where the landmarks were in Washington, D.C.? I, I don't, I, I'm not picturing it off the top of my head, but I can envision it right now. <laughs> it's a video where where Paul Ryan was out on the balcony and the speakers are, and he was, oh, this is where this is and this is. And I laughed inside of myself and I thought to myself, Jeremy, wow, 
Here's a guy who doesn't even know where the neighborhood is, doesn't even know what the neighborhood is, let alone the politics. He right. didn't know squat for what was going on in D.C. So this is, you know, he's, he's now uh, he, he, he's in their turf. And he scared the hell out of the system. You've seen the mouths drop in 2016 and 2015 that they were aghast in the election. They were like, oh, my God, the giant sucking sound happened. The swamp just exploded. Jeremy was like, Donald who? Right. <laughs> you know, but we didn't get our girl in there. She, you know, what happened, Obama? And of course, Obama set up a, a, the the. Uh, uh, the, the group there just down the road, he set the other American group up, the OFA, OFA. He set that up just down the boulevard in his house with Valerie Jarrett and the rest of the Stooges. You understand? You know, right. He never left office. First president ever, former president, really never left office. And that that's number 44, who's the biggest cancer in our lifetime to the office and did so much harm to our country. He is a traitor if there ever was one. Um, that's that's that guy. All of that happened. And, and Trump, um, so I think what happened is he did his, I think he tried, I'm going to suggest to you, listen, I, I call it out as I see it. Uh, I think Trump, you know, he did the whole Twitter thing. He rubbed their faces in it. They didn't like their faces being rubbed in it. He, in many ways, it would have been better if he would have done a little more insurgency tactics that you would describe, more psychology, you understand? He didn't well, use exactly. psychology. Yeah, he didn't use that. He 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 just exposed everything out on Twitter. He told them what he was going to do. Kind of played against the rules a lot. Played with their head games. But what he did is he fired them up more and pissed them off more. And what happened is he pissed off those people plus the rhinos and the entire Republican establishment. He couldn't stand them anymore, and they wanted him to go. No, America was still behind him, but the 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 group had no more power. You see what I, I mean? That's what happened. Trump was stripped of his power early on. He was fighting in a position that was no win. And he wasn't willing at that point to take the bus down the boulevard and put them people in there. And he wasn't he wasn't willing to. Uh, uh, that was a gamble and a chance. He, he didn't know he was playing their game, Jeremy. Don't you think this was their game? He was the new kid on the block. He didn't really know how to play their game. And he didn't use psychology in the way he could have. He did his damnedest. He was a patriot. But listen, what he was trying to do was a tall order. Don't you think? No, I agree. And, and I think what if, if we've learned anything from this entire situation is that we need to stop waiting for a man, especially a politician, to come and save us. It's not going to happen, people. The document doesn't start out with uh, we the politicians. Sure. Sure. All right. It starts out with we the people. OK, yeah. We are the power. And I think January 6th demonstrated that at such a level that it literally made them shake in their boots. But in, but instead of us seeing them wetting their pants, they came back with this narrative. And we're all good people. Like, we don't want trouble. We want to cooperate, to graduate. We want to go along to get along. I mean, that's the American way. We're all individuals. We want to go back to our homestead and our families. We don't want we don't want to be social justice warriors. We don't want to be in our neighbor's business for the most part. And but this is what it's going to take to get your country back. People, you have got to do something because they are doing something to you, whether you know it or not, whether you acknowledge it. And I, and I tell people all, all the time, you have got to know what your enemy believes, because it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. Right. Uh, 
uh, yeah, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan, the radical Muslim might believe he's going to get 72 virgins. You can say, well, I don't believe that. It doesn't make his bomb any less effective against you because you don't believe it. But you damn sure should know what they do believe because that's the mindset they're coming at you with. And so Americans need to uh, open their eyes. They need to look around and they need to ask themselves, is this what I want? Like, do I want government to tell me everything to, to provide me with my universal basic income? Uh, do I want them to adjust my thermostat when they think it's too hot? Because I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the thermostat in, in Nancy Pelosi's house is not set to 82. Okay. And, and this is the level of control. They want total control of us because they want everything for them. It, it literally is like the Hunger Games scenario, right? They're in the capital city. The, the, the capital city of Hunger Games is D.C. The funky hairdos, the big parties. And we're all out here in the hinterlands struggling every single day why they print all the money they want to give to their fat cat buddies. And we're trying to figure out how to pay the light bill. I mean, it's completely insane. We have lost control of our elected officials. And if we don't take that back now, then we're all going to end up in the gulag. Mm -mm -mm. Sergeant Jeremy Brown there. Um, uh, stay right there, my friend. And uh, you, uh, I mean, it's it is a wow for me. It is a wow to hear him talk and to put it out in the way he does. I mean, I'm a fan. I want to tell you all something right now with, again, who you're who we're listening to right now, Sergeant Jeremy Brown and what he's what he's about. And he has he. He's put up a, a uh, trying, uh, this major page on Give, Send, Go. Give, Send, Go. You've heard of this, uh, potentially. It's uh, where you're raising funds to do something good out there. He's got this movement he's doing, and it's entitled U.S. Combat Veterans versus Washington Post, which is, by the way, the center of hell, uh, Washington Post and MSM. Now, that is the center of hell right there, uh, that, that group on that side. Uh, but uh, he's got a page up there. And he is, uh, is very straightforward on the air. It's got a very compelling story. We're going to put it out on media. I'm going to put a link on America Out Loud to the page. Uh, and I'm going to continue to encourage people to help this movement out. So he's going out. He's, he, he puts out there what it is. It's to put together a team of attorneys and sue these people and pull them down. He gets into the, the, um, uh, the light, the, uh, uh, the, libel nature of this thing. He talks about these uh, attorneys and uh, the, it's a class uh, action defamation lawsuit. He's looking to fund here is what it is. Combat veterans against the Washington Post and Jeff Bozos, um, the billionaire owner of the paper and Amazon, of course. We've been telling you right along, Amazon is a problem. Everybody's giving their money to Amazon and Amazon is not the place to be giving your money. I wouldn't buy anything from Amazon. I do not shop for them. I do not like green eggs and ham, and I do not buy them from Amazon. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't want it. And, uh, and I know a lot of people do it because it's convenient. Screw convenience. It's not going to be convenient when you've got no country left and you've got to go find another country somewhere. Then you, We'll talk about convenience. Give me a call then and we'll discuss convenience. Uh, uh, people that don't get their heads straight here. Um, but anyways, uh, he's put together a movement. I'll call this a movement, more or less, is what he's doing here. 
And I've read through the documents. It's very solid what he's doing here. Uh, he's trying to raise a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Going to need a lot of people with a lot of nickels, dimes, and quarters to make this happen. Uh, and uh, he's raising money right now on this. And uh, so I want to encourage you to go to Give, Send, Go. Uh, it was created by Jeremy Brown. Again, U.S. Combat Veterans versus Washington Post and MSM. We will put the links in the post when this definitely goes to podcast in a couple of days here. Um and I will put it out on social media, put a link on America Out Loud. And I'll do that just because, just because, just because I give a shit about the country. How's that? All right. And just because I think Sergeant Jeremy Brown has a point here. And I think the point is that he's trying to put his money where the mouth is and get people behind this to uh, pay these people a lesson. That's what needs to happen because of the, uh, uh, the, and I'll have him tell you about the lawsuit, actually, what he's trying to do. I mean, they went after him in a very um, scandalous way is what's happened. And uh, he, he's uh, hitting back the lies. I read the story in the post as well, what they put out there, just lies, lies. But we're accustomed to that. Fake news is all you get today from these clowns. If it doesn't fit their agenda, you don't get it, you know, basically. So uh, it's going to be a fight ahead, people. I can feel it coming. And I've known this for some years now. In fact, that's probably the reason why God has me here at this point uh, in, in America Out Loud. Uh, I've known all my life uh, that uh, since I was peddling newspapers as a young lad, that the good Lord was going to use me for some purposes of some sort in the future. Didn't know quite when or where. Didn't know why, how come, what the purpose would be. But I knew since I was about 13 years old, for sure. I had a big multifaceted paper route. I was a capitalist entrepreneur extraordinaire as a kid, as you can imagine. I used to sell stuff knocking on the doors down the boulevard here, <laughs> selling things. As I was out trying to make a buck here, trying to do some stuff as a kid, you know. It's America. It's what we do, you know. I had all the paper routes, all of that. But I was trying to make money and, uh, you know, and I, I knew right then that the good Lord was going to use me for some purpose down the road. Again, I had no idea when, but that's the whole purpose of what I do today here in America Out Loud. That's why I, you know, call it whatever you want. I'm not so much worried about me. I'm, I'm only fearless in the way that I have God at, the, at my back here. Uh, I really, I'm, I'm cool with whatever happens. That's why we're on fire. It's why we've been, been empowered. It's why America Out Loud has grown at the rate we are. It's why we're doing the things we're doing. It's not because somehow I'm that brilliant or that's uh, figured it out somehow. Uh, it's taken a lot of hard work. We just celebrated our five years at the network. You, you probably know that. I'm sure if you're a regular listener here at America Out Loud, and there's a purpose to what we do here. I mean, you might say, you, you, you know, maybe, maybe you say this isn't for our health, but this is for our health. <laughs> it's for our health and well-being. Because if we don't start to do something here, and that's what America Out Loud is about, it's just getting to the truth. Now, we, we get a lot of hate mail and we get a lot of enemies, a lot of that sort of thing. In fact, I'll tell you right now, if you want to email me directly, speak up at MalcolmOutloud.com. You can come right to me. Speak up at MalcolmOutloud.com. We'll come right to me uh, and I will see that. Now, if you also don't like the message or I'm, I'm, I'm cutting through your sensitive nerds, you can also email me at shut up at MalcolmOutloud.com. That really does work. That is a real email address. I, I created that many years ago uh, when I was on the dial, on the AM dial. And I did it because we get a lot of stooges calling in and I wanted to give them, a, I, I, I believe in free speech. I believe you can call me all kinds of names. It really doesn't matter because I don't read the crap anyways and I don't get sensitive about it. So I, I don't respond to any of that stuff. So it's all cool. You can call me whatever you want. 
And um, so this, but I did the shut up at MalcolmOutloud.com just to give those people a platform to be able to feel good so they can, you know, feel like I told him something. So that is a viable email address and you're, you're welcome to use it. Don't get much email there anymore on that one. Uh, but speak up uh, is, is, is good. Speak up at MalcolmOutloud.com. Uh, anyways, so happy to share them with you here. <laughs> All the truth. Uh, let me give you some other truth here. HealthyCell.com. Yes, indeed. You know, I'm going there uh, because, uh, you know, you heard Jeremy talking about the uh, COVID virus. Well, yeah, listen, China is up to no good. Uh, we've just done some explosive programs on China. We did that with the virologist, the uh, scientist extraordinaire who left China, uh, defected here to the States. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Uh, we just had a, a, an amazing program with Dr. Li Mengyang, and um, you can hear that. Be going to podcast in a day or two here. Uh, but uh, the point is, Sean is up to no good. They got a lot of, I mean, this, uh, this virus, this COVID, I mean, it, it was out there. It was definitely uh, going after people. Of course, as he referenced, how they handled it and what they did is a joke. The whole thing is a joke. Uh, and I'm totally, you, you know me, I uh, said plenty to you about COVID. And on our platform, our people will tell you about the way they've handled COVID. All the MDs and the doctors we have and the expertise on America Out Loud is second to none, the information we're putting out about this. Um, so I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I am telling you, you need to have a healthy immune system. And I'll, I'll tell that to Sergeant Jeremy Brown as well. We all need to be healthy. He, he talks about waking up in the morning. I know what he's talking about. We all have that sense of, you know, but it, he's, you know, yeah, it takes us time to get our mojo in the morning for sure. Once we've gone through a little bit of life, he's, he's exactly accurate. And he, he represents that with a lot of military guys. And I totally understand that. Um, you know, another thing that does the, the, that to you is, um, if you're hard on your body and age will, uh, but the point is healthy immune system will put you in good shape, keeping your cells healthy. It's how we age. A lot, a lot of people don't take care of themselves and they don't invest in themselves. I don't know why, but it's the stupidest thing you can do is to not invest in yourself. You invest in other crap that you, you, you know, you can't take any of this crap with you when you die. So you might as well stay here as long as you can on the planet to make a difference. Right? <laughs> so why not invest in ourselves? That's what I say. And so they have a new product, Immune Super Boost, and it gets into all of those things that we talk about uh, that are, it's a COVID care package is really what I call it. It's not what they call it, but it's got all that stuff in there that you heard about that the, the brilliant people like Dr. McCullough talk about that you need in your system. In fact, he, he, he raves about this stuff. So, uh, but, it, but that's all available to you. Our listeners get 20% off uh, healthycell.com forward slash out loud from any browser. You'll see my image come up and take your 20% off with your first order there. Uh, any of their products, uh, the Immune Super Boost, their regular gel form, it's gel. Uh, they have a whole host of products. They got one for sleep. Uh, it might be something that Sergeant Brown wants to look at as well, but sleep. And then uh, uh, they got one for um, focus, help them focus better. So this is a cool company. I'm really digging Healthy Cell. As you know, I really love speaking about it. And uh, anyways, check it out. Click the banner at America Out Loud or just put uh, slash out loud and you'll get the uh, discount on there. And uh, let's all live a healthy life so we can kick their asses up. Uh, uh, for, I'm talking about for us in the hinterland, as uh, Sergeant Jeremy Brown was pointing out here. Listen, I'm loving the conversation. I'm going to bring him back on in just a moment here. We're going to pause. Listen to Healthy Cell in a minute and, and do something about it, people. And we'll see you just on the other side. You're listening to the voice of a nation. Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. 
to minimize the worries. Leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, -E -L -L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Libertyatamericaoutloud.com. We join you back here on The Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud. And um, speaking here to uh, Sergeant Jeremy Brown, uh, uh, 20 years, four days, I believe it was. I got that four days right, uh, my, my friend. Do we have that four days right? I think you said four days, right? Yeah, that's that's correct. So <laughs> for those of you who don't know, uh, you can join the Army any day of the month, but you only retire on the 1st. So uh, October 27th, uh, 1992 is when I came in the Army, but my retirement date is November 1st. And so I jokingly say to people that, if I would have known they were going to get those four extra days, I would have just waited uh, a few days. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the, and the twenty years is the magic number because that's your retirement, right? That's there. right. Yeah, and that's the, exactly. Yeah. You know, another joke we say is guys that stay in beyond twenty, we say, oh, well, so you're working for half pay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know, at twenty, you're going to get half your pay anyway, no matter what you do. So yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I I got got out right at twenty. All right. Before we get to the uh, that story about the post, I promise, listen, I do want to touch on that. But uh, I want to I, I've, I've got a missing void in my head and I think listeners may as well. I just want to bring it back to, to so we can close the circle, uh, Jeremy, if you will, regarding the informants. Uh, I, I do want to get back to that piece of um, uh, from what I'm understanding. And I, I don't want to fail to say this. I believe, you know, or how do you know, or tell us that, you know, that there were a lot of people who the FBI tried to contact to become informants. Do we know that to be true? Well, I, I know this because, uh, as part of the interview, I gave out my, my personal email address and I, and I get emails constantly from veterans or you know, they don't even necessarily have to be veterans with stories of, yeah, the FBI came to me. I mean, I, I got an email from one, another SF guy saying that he literally found a GPS tracker on his vehicle. And so, wow, you know, you, you, you said earlier it's us against them, but no, really it's them against us. Okay. 
I mean, most of us are out here. Like I said, we just want to be left alone. We want to raise our family, maybe go out to dinner, or our favorite restaurant once a week or so. And, and they are coming after us. And so, um, what, what I, I, yeah. And, and we would no sooner allow somebody to bust down our door and come into our liver living room and start doing the things that they're doing to us, uh, in our home. But yet somehow when they do it surreptitiously, uh, through the media or through the government, like you would no sooner let somebody take all the money out of your safe in your bedroom. But yet when they devalue the currency and they they send all your taxpayer dollars to the Ukraine or whatever godforsaken country that they're giving your, our hard-earned money to, well, we just call that taxes. Well, no, it's no the theft is no different. You work hard to earn the little stuff that you get, and they're not entitled to take it from you and give it to somebody in another land probably that hates us. Um, and, and, and this is a, the insanity that we live in, so... Yeah, that's their uh, version of freedom, by the way, uh, that they throw back at you because then they say, well, that's America's obligation is to do all that. And the money we give overseas is absolutely incredible. Uh, Jeremy, to your point, we could line our streets with gold paved, gold uh, bullions there, you know, on the boulevard, you know. Right. I mean, if if the money mm-hmm. was applied the way they tell us that they apply it, we'd live in a lot better world, but they don't. What they do is they tell us one thing, they do another, they send it to some uh, NGO or some company overseas that, oh, by the way, their family members are on the boards of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the level of theft and corruption, and, and they really do, they think that they're royalty. They think they're entitled to it because somebody told them that they're important. And it was probably the person looking at them in the mirror. Yeah, you're 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 the best. You're the prettiest. No, they work for us. And if we don't take that power back, they're just going to continue to uh, ruin our lives. Well, we put out a compelling case today for that. There's no doubt about it. If you've listened to this full broadcast, you know full well. I mean, you, you've got to have a burning uh uh, desire in your in your belly there, folks out there, that you know we've got to do something here. Um, Jeremy, the, the people, you, when you put your email address, you got a lot of responses in from others who said that they were also contacted to be informants, yes? Correct, yeah. I mean, okay. uh, in fact, I just met with a gentleman the other day that said, yeah, hey, the FBI, out of nowhere, the FBI visited them, this and that. So, so some of it is post- January 6th, but uh, you know, some of it is, yeah, hey, they, they approached me and, and tried to get me to do this, that, and the other thing. So it, it just goes to show that, uh, that without transparency, without the light of day shining uh, to disinfect all this evil, uh, they're up to no good out there. And it's why this whole surveillance state, you know, they know everything that you're saying. They want, they just want complete, uh, unadulterated yeah. control over us because they think that that we belong to them and and we we have to you know we have to punch the bully in the nose that's the only way the bully stops that's right the bully that's doesn't right. stop until you stand up to them all right and i and i uh uh you know they they've used the custody of my daughters as a weapon against me but when i had the opportunity to teach him i used to tell tell him look you teach people how to treat you Okay, and if you allow them to do things to you, they will continue to do it to you. It's not until you stop and stand up. And I think that's what January 6th, it scared them. And most people aren't going to see this because 
they definitely don't talk about this in the media, but that's why they immediately surrounded the Capitol. I mean, they were scared to death because with one tweet, the president was able to assemble millions. And, and I'm going to tell you, the reason you're not going to ever see aerial photographs of, of January 6th is because they don't want you to know how much power you have. They don't want you to know that there were millions with an S of Americans, patriots of all shapes, sizes, colors, uh, gay, straight. I mean, it was, I, I mean, it was like a Jimmy Buffett concert, right? I mean, it was everybody from across the country, caravans from the, from the far West. It was the most beautiful thing in the world. And see, they're never going to show you that because once you realize that you are the power and that your neighbors, the two or three of you that drive, when we all collect and rally in one place, you look around and it's millions of people and you're like, oh, wow, here I thought I was the only one that felt this way. No, you're not. And they know that. And January 6th scared them. So I would, I would say to people, find the closest government building to your house. Make it easy on yourself. If everyone just found the closest government building to yourself and just every Saturday went there with a bullhorn for the next un, until we get our liberties back, you would see a, a, a restored America. You would mm. see a revitalization of the Constitution. You would see mm. the restoration of our liberties simply by showing up. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, there are way more than 74 million Americans oh, yeah. that love liberty. Yeah. way more yeah yeah no and, you're and, very right and we have to do something we can't yeah we're not going to do jack on facebook mm -hmm. or twitter that's okay right. the minute you say i love america that's it you're you're a domestic terrorist right mm -hmm. but if you show up at their office with your bullhorn and when they try to go get in their car you tell them you work for me guess what they're going to start changing their behavior because ultimately deep down they're all cowards that's the reason why they all stay in Washington. They have their own little lifestyle there. They don't want us in their bubble because they're cowards. Yeah. The minute that they come out into the real world, you know, oh, yeah. look, what, what happened to town halls? Like you almost never hear of them anymore. Why? Because if they were to dare to have a town hall, you know what they would get? Hundreds, if not thousands of their constituents yet screaming at them. I mean, look at Pence. He can't even go on stage without people shouting him down as a traitor. Right. Is he a traitor? Well, that's for us to decide as Americans. I don't think he did everything he could. I, I don't think the president did everything he could, right? And this level of disappointment, it, 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 it's boiling up. Mm -hmm. And if you're sitting there and you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't want to lose the friendship with my neighbor. I don't want to lose my job. Guess what, people? You're going to lose those things either way. It's like you said earlier. These useful idiots, these Maoists, right? They're the first ones that will be killed. Yeah. Because guess what? Now that they're in power, they don't need you anymore, right? You are a cannon fodder. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, when, when the king says, you know, send in the archers, and this guy looks at him and says, but sir, uh, we'll hit our own men. And he goes, eh, we'll hit ours. We'll hit theirs as well. Mm -hmm. They don't care about us, right? We are nothing more then an inconvenience that they have to occasionally lie to us every couple of years so that they can get reelected. But now we know that they don't even have to do that. Now we know that even that is an act because they know that you're not going to vote them out because it's all rigged. Mm -hmm. So 
we have got to stand up and we have got to take the power back and you choose your adventure on how you want to do that. And, and Malcolm, I, I will tell you, I don't want any of this. You know, people say, oh, how can people get in touch with you? You can't All right, email me. I don't want to be on social. I'm not on social media. I, yeah. The give, send, go. I was talked into that because people are like, you should really go after these, but I don't want, you know what I want to do. I want to go up in the mountains I want to walk around in the woods naked. I want to do whatever I want without a bunch of people annoying the crap out of me. I, I just want to live my life. I want to be free, breathe fresh air. But every time that I get to the point where I'm like, why am I fighting for these jackasses that don't even care enough about their own liberty to get off their ass? Why am I doing this? The minute that I'm about to say, you know what? That's it. I'm going to get in the RV. We're going to go. We're going to throw our cell phones out the window as we get underway. The minute that I make that decision, I get an email. An email from a 70-year-old woman that says, thank you so much for doing what you do. I wish I could do it, but I can't. So I'm glad you're doing it. Like, how do you say no to that? I mean, how do you, how do you tell some lady in, in a chair that she can't get up anymore, but yet people are, you know, uh, robbing her blind and she wants to do something, but she physically can't. How do you tell her? I'm sorry, ma'am. I just want to go to the mountains and be left alone, but thanks for the email. You can't, I can't. All right. And there are hundreds of thousands of veterans that I know feel the same way. And I'm going to tell you, you deep state bastards out there. All right. You think you have control of the military? Let me tell you something. There's way more soldiers out of the military than there are in. Mm. And that's assuming that you even get to keep all the ones that are in. Mm -hmm. So you can do all your weight, woke drag queen uh, uh, pageants that they're now doing at Nellis Air Force Base. See, they're trying to demoralize soldiers and force yeah. the good ones out. Yeah. That's exactly what you see going on. They're trying to force good cops out. You know why? Because they want the... 1984 thought police that just for a few thousand dollars will do anything that they're told. That's who they want to be the police. So all this demoralization operations that you see going on, it's intentional, right? They want people like me out of the military because people like me will be the first one to say, I'm sorry, sir, but that command that you just gave me is unlawful and I will not follow it, hmm. right? They don't want oath keepers in the military. See, they make us swear an oath, but they don't expect us to actually carry through with it. It's all a game to them. You know, I, I told a good friend of mine one time, I said, you know, they see us as pawns and tools, but we see each other as brothers and sisters. So they're never going to break that. Yeah. You know, these veterans and, and it does, you don't even have to be a veteran. Yeah. You know, Americans are, are just they're they're patient. They're understanding and they want to believe that the best things are going to happen. And that's that's part of the cult of personality of Trump. Right. Americans are so optimistic that they're like, oh, thank goodness he's come along and he's going to save us. But the reality is no one man is going to save you. We all have to save ourselves in military freefall. We call pulling the ripcord, saving your own life. <laughs> you know, you're free falling to the earth at 120 miles an hour save your own life, pull that ripcord. You rip have cord. to save your own life. You have to defend your own liberty. Somebody, nobody's going to come along and do it for you. Now, 
will I look to my left and right to my neighbors and say, I'll help you? Sure. But we have to do it together. And if we do all come together and do it, they can't stop us. Yeah. yeah. Somebody was telling me about uh, the communists when they took over Poland, that there was only like uh, 50,000 or, or whatever uh, that literally were ruling over millions of people. Why? Because they were convinced that they couldn't stand up. But the minute that they did, guess what? You get your freedom back. So you teach people how to treat you. If you don't stand up for yourself, no one else is going to. And, and now's the time to stand up because every day that you delay, the, the more powerful they become, right? Yeah. To quote Apocalypse Now, right? Yeah. Charlie's out there in the bush getting stronger while I'm back here in the hotel room getting weaker, whatever the line is, right? Mm-hmm. The, the longer you delay, they're not delaying. They're moving forward with their, with their tyranny, okay? And so now's the time to link arms and stand up. And, and, and if we don't, then, then yeah, we're, we're going to be looking for that. But there is no, uh, we, we are the last bastion. I don't know if you know this, but they're not making any more dirt. Yeah. All the dirt out there has already been taken by who, you know, who. So this is it, folks. This is it. Yeah. The, this There's experiment. nowhere else to go. Yeah, this is an experiment that has now come to the point of uh, a decision making of what it's going to be. Uh, you're exactly right there. The rallying call that uh, you put out there is um, is an important one. Uh, we're listening to Sergeant Jeremy Brown. Um, 20 years, uh, four days, Green Beret, three years, regiment, uh, uh, expert in insurgencies, counterinsurgencies, human intel. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like this message. I like what he's about. Um, um, I, I mean, it's, it's the truth. I mean, what he's putting out there and, you know, you heard, you, you heard the, uh, the raw passion from him. We also know today now uh, and everybody does know the FBI, the Department of Justice, and all the government agency apparatuses are all—they're all lit. They're all politicized. They're all corrupt. Um, we see here what they've tried to do with uh, with Jeremy Brown here. We see what they've done with others, as he said. Uh, so. You know, they're just the evil or what they're doing out there. And so we don't have those folks to look at either. I mean, they're, they're not something we can look at and trust anymore. Our Department of Justice, very clearly. You know, I said to you all a while back, and I, I say again, and we're going to do more on this. It is time not just for term limits for everybody who ever steps foot into Washington, D.C. Absolutely. Not just the president should be term limits. Every representative, as the framers intended, should only be there for a period of time. And when I say that, I'm talking about absolutely everybody, House members, senators, everybody across the board in Congress. But more than that, the Supreme Court should also be termed out. Also, every agency, every lead person in every agency, every role from the director up, those mid-level positions up. Actually, it's not just the director. It's the people at the VP. Those are the people who do the cancer. Those are the people who sell us out. And those are the ones that Obama has put into play pretty, pretty heavy. 
any government agency, I think everybody should be termed out. You should not be able to stay in Washington, D.C. for any length of time. If we could just get that one point handled and rectified and fixed in our country, we could solve a host of problems. I don't want just term limits for the president. I don't want just term limits for Congress. I want term limits for every breathing human person up in D.C. that is from a mid-level position upward, period. You can keep that seat however long we decide. I don't know if it's eight years or what you want to do, but then it has to roll over. You have to get up, pack your bags, and get the hell out of Dodge. Go do something else. Go sell newspapers for a living. That's what I, That would be my, if I could accomplish anything, that's what I would have. I would bring it right back to the framers. Plus, I'd put that uh, what the framers envisioned on steroids, that you go up there to serve and then you leave. Because our government agencies have been weaponized, clearly, as we've seen here from the informant conversation that Sergeant Jeremy Brown has shared with us, we see what's happened there. So that is the answer to that problem right there. And that is the only effective way to drain anything. And not only just draining it, but keeping it empty of the corruption and the deceit and the evil that is in play. And that's going to have to happen, friends. Uh, so that is, that is my wish right there uh, in the battles that we have ahead. It all comes back to this corruptness and this evil that's out there. The compelling message that, um, you know, I am so appreciative. And, and I, you know, I'm thinking ahead here. I, I, I want to get his voice back. I'm already thinking here with uh, Sergeant Jarvis. But first, I want to help him with that uh, uh, give, send, go business. I'm going to put those links out because I think he's a man who it will um, principally do the right thing and uh, try to pull these clowns out of that, because that's, again, the sign of what we are as patriots. That's how we got here, people. We're people, Americans before us, our ancestors, who put everything on the line, fought for every tooth and nail, every bit of principle-driven blood and passion they could. That's the only reason we're even talking here. And that's what, and he's so right. How many times do I say to you, it starts with we the people. He hit all the nerves that I tell you about all the time. It's like a, I mean, it's like a brother who knew, uh, I mean, really, I mean, I say it's we the people. It's not we the corporate oligarchs. It's not we the politicians. It's not any of that stuff, people. See, that's why they, they're pulling and, and shredding that constitution for everything. That, it is we the people. That is the power. He said, get the megaphone. Go down to the, the, the government agencies and give them hell, Harry. Like you said, do it every Saturday just for the sport of it. Right? I mean, there's a lot more to that uh, argument right there, but... Uh, very interesting. And uh, I've known right away this, uh, this weaponization that's happened with our Justice Department, uh, which is why I was pretty uh, in tune to uh, get his message out there quickly. Uh, again, he's not asking for anything other than the time of day and the truth to prevail, period. And uh, he knows what's happened there. And he knows, again, uh, even before this information, I knew the weaponization of these justice departments and the, the FBI and all of this and what's happened out of D.C. and that court. Uh, the, uh, the, the Capitol Day on the 6th of January is another joke. Uh, it is, uh, and again, the call of white supremacy with these agencies is nothing but hostilities and bogus information. It's lies after lies after lies after lies after lies. More lies to pile on. Uh, people, I tell you every day, I'll tell you again today, it's time to get involved and get loud.